Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you heard me gush yet about the environmentally friendly debit card Aspiration? I am so excited to be sharing Aspiration with y'all because I think it is the easiest way to become a more conscious consumer beyond just your purchases, but making sure that your money is never invested in fossil fuel projects. Check out aspiration.com slash eco for up to $200 on your new account. I'll have more details in the show notes below. Highly recommend checking it out. Aspiration.com slash eco. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura. It is so nice to have you here today. I hope you are doing well and I hope the weather is really great wherever you are right now. I am enjoying the warm weather. I'm looking forward to my first proper hiking trip of the spring summer season, which feels so, so good this upcoming weekend. If you're listening to this in real time, we have Memorial Day coming up. If you are in the U.S., if you are celebrating, I hope you have a wonderful, safe, healthy, happy weekend with your friends, enjoying the vaccinated hot girl summer. I really cannot believe that the time is here, and I feel like I'm constantly pinching myself and just so actively thankful for science. So I hope you're well. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a really good episode today and one that I think is quite different than anything that we've put out before. We are speaking today with Carolyn Yashannon, the founder of Copina Co. Carolyn is a blogger, a health food influencer, and she is the creator of Copina Co., which is a plant-based collagen alternative. So we talk about collagen today. They are called collagen boosts because they help your natural collagen production, but they are not animal-derived collagen products. I think this is a really, really good episode because Carolyn and I talk about beauty standards in a way that I don't think we've ever spoken about before on this show, and frankly, in a way that I don't hear spoken about often at all in the social space. Carolyn takes us down the path of her history of health concerns, gut issues, her personal struggles with beauty standards growing up. And I will also go ahead and issue here a trigger warning where we do talk a little bit about body dysmorphia, weight loss, and similar topics. So I share a story that I've never publicly shared and I don't even share very frequently with my friends, so I can't believe I'm about to put it on the internet. 
But um, I do share a little bit of my experience with Accutane, which I've mentioned briefly before, um, and just the kind of emotional turmoil that came along with that and how it affected my relationship with my body, uh, ultimately in a positive way. But it was an interesting story. So we do talk a little bit about that just as an FYI. And we have talked before about Accutane, and we spoke about it with Jessica Defino. If you're interested in hearing more of that story, because I do mention her and her work, I can link Jessica's episode down below. We talk about beauty standards and the beauty industry. And we've also talked about collagen before and the science of collagen, why it's helpful as an additive in your beauty routine and how it actually works, the science behind different wellness trends. We spoke about that with Dr. Mamina Chirigano. I will link her episode down below as well if you're interested in learning more about the science of skin, the science of skin care. So really fascinating topics and both of those prompted Carolyn to reach out to me. Carolyn is a friend of mine from the internet. We have become friendly. She's a listener of the show who reached out to talk to me about collagen and plant-based collagen. And I'm really, really, really thankful that she did reach out and we've been able to have this chat because I think it's a really valuable conversation. It's very, very vulnerable, but it's also value-packed. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about creating a product line. We talk about hustle. And we also talk about the value of education and internships and experience. And there's a lot of business facets to this conversation, as well as, like I mentioned, this conversation of beauty standards and wellness and having a healthy relationship with yourself. So we cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. And I think that it's an episode that will stick with you for a while because I know after Carolyn and I spoke This was a conversation I thought about for days afterwards and one that I was so thankful to have because I think that growing up your own internal struggles with your skin, with your body, with your looks, with comparing yourself to women on commercials and magazines and whatever else it may be, it's very easy to feel singled out and like you're the only person feeling that way. And as I've grown older, I have become a lot more comfortable with myself, but also a lot more comfortable calling out what I realize is beautiful and what I'm attracted to and that's energy and that's how does someone make me feel and what kind of person is this and what are their intentions and what does it mean to be a really good person? There is more to that than being beautiful. So I'm just so glad that I had this conversation with Carolyn. It was a very like coming of age type conversation for me. It was something that was really grounding and comforting. And at the same time, like I said, we talked so much about the nitty gritty of starting a business, of hustling a product. And there was a lot of lot of value to gain from that as well. So let me tell you a little bit more about Copina Co. Copina Co, like I mentioned, is a plant-based collagen boost. They are some super cool powders that you can add to water, make little collagen boost teas out of them. I personally like the vanilla flavor as an additive to my coffee in the morning as if I am flavoring a creamer, but let me tell you a little bit more about where you can find them. Copinico is available at Irwan, Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, and many, many more online stores that Carolyn sheds a little bit of light on for us today. And Copinico was really born out of a revamp for the collective definition of beauty. Carolyn believes that the definition of beauty means how you treat yourself, how you treat yourself well and feeling good, if you're happy, if you're confident in your own skin. 
and they are really here to create positive impact on beauty messaging through a 100% vegan collagen boost drink blend. Copina Co. promotes overall well-being. It tastes really, really good, and it can help you get your collagen benefits from plant sources instead of animal products. Carolyn Yashannon launched Copinico February 2020, just before the pandemic, after experiences with healing her own gut health and cystic acne. And she learned about the power of plants to heal. We talk about Ayurvedic medicine, holistic healing. It's a really wholesome, like I said, grounding episode. She spoke also about years of acne medications and how the beauty industry really impacted her understanding of her own quote-unquote flaws and the value of clear skin. Copinica was really born out of a desire to share that healing nature of plants and also to share this messaging that true beauty comes from within, comes from truly nourishing ourselves. Like I said, I think it's a fabulous episode. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation, especially if you're interested in beauty standards in general, in the beauty industry, in beauty messaging. How do we accept what it means to be beautiful? What is trendy? What is acceptable? What is the value in conforming to these standards? So fascinating conversation from that perspective. And then, like I said, on the flip side, the business side of this conversation is so interesting. Carolyn has such hustle and such grit, and she has such vision in just getting things done. So if you are someone who has ever been interested in entrepreneurship, interested in launching a product, interested in selling a service, anything like that, Carolyn has a lot of really, really good nuggets of businesswoman wisdom that I'm excited for y'all to pick up on. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, you should share it with a friend. You should share it in your family group chat. You should share it on your Instagram story, and you can tag me at Podcast. And you can connect with me on Instagram, on socials, anywhere you want to find me. I'm at Podcast. And also quick housekeeping, we have a new book club coming up at the beginning of next month. This month, we are reading the novel Migrations by Charlotte McConney. It's a really, really good book so far. I'm almost done with it, and I am savoring every last page. We're reading with my friend Jessica Clifton of the social account Impact for Good, and I think you're going to really enjoy this. If you've been waiting for a fiction pick from book club, here is your opportunity. So with that, hope you love this episode. Hope you enjoy this fabulous, fascinating conversation with Carolyn. And if you're interested in checking out Copina Co., Carolyn has shared a code with us. You can use the code ECOCHIC for 15% off at copinaco.com on your plant-based collagen drink mixes. There's a whole lot to pick from, but like I said, my personal favorite way to use Copina Co. mixes is to add a little scoop of the vanilla collagen boost to my coffee in the morning. It makes it a little frothy, gives me a little something in addition to a plain creamer. I really, really like it. There's also a matcha blend if you are a matcha girly and an original if you're not interested in any flavors. So lots coming out soon from Copina Co. Totally recommend you check out Carolyn and her page and all of her content. They make these really fabulous reels as well on the Copina Co. Instagram page so you can learn how to make different mixes with their collagen boosts. They're also just so calming to watch the content that she creates. There's something about nice music in the background of someone mixing a tea that is just so nice. I don't know what else to call it. 
Anyway, I hope you love this conversation. I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week. Please enjoy our episode all about plant-based collagen and entrepreneurship with my friend Carolyn Yashannon of Copina Co. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Laura. I'm honored to be on. I've been a fan for a long time, so it's so fun to finally be able to chat. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening and thanks for being here because as we were discussing before our call, or I guess before we started recording, I'm so interested to know about your journey to creating a plant-based collagen because it's something that I was looking for as a consumer for a really long time. And I thought that collagen was just something that I couldn't participate in. So could you set the scene a little bit for me about your entrepreneurship journey? Yeah. Oof. So kind of requires me to take you a long way back because there's like, I feel like there are sort of two, two parts to every, every person kind of two parts to me, you know, there's sort of my, my personal story. And then, you know, I can definitely get into the nitty gritty of, you know, the business end, but what kind of inspired me, you know, in my journey in wellness, which inspired me to launch my business was uh, this whole experience I had with acne and digestive health starting at a young age. So I actually got, I had the distinct pleasure of being, you know, the first person in my class to get acne when I was about 10, 11 years old and uh, blame it on genetics, blame it on whatever, but started getting it. And I, I was really, I was kind of devastated about it at the time, mostly because, and now I realize a lot of the story ties into, you know, our perceptions of beauty standards. I didn't see other women in commercials, advertisements, anyone on the Disney channel. I was watching a lot of Hannah Montana at the time that, you know, looks like that. So my initial thought was, you know, this is just not acceptable. This is not how people are supposed to be. And so my mom took me to see a dermatologist when I was probably in the fifth or sixth grade and, you know, with great intentions. And I'm sure this, this medical professional had good intentions too, but I started being prescribed pretty strong medications. Um, ones that I now realize are extremely commonly prescribed, but there were, you know, wrought havoc on my system. So I was on oil antibiotics for three years as a teenager. I was on Retin-A, Spironolactone. Uh, I ended up doing Accutane twice between once in college and then once just after college and all these things. And, you know, just kind of had this assumption for the longest time that, you know, how I looked was more important than what I was putting in my body or what I was putting on my skin, which is just nuts to me because it's changed so much. When I was growing up, I grew up in the SF Bay Area. So we would go on a lot of a lot of hikes when I was growing up and, and definitely didn't realize, you know, when I was a kid that I was eating world-class organic produce, you know, from the farmer's market. So kind of had this, this appreciation that came later when I when I went to college of my exposure to some of these things. When I was going through my acne issues, I, I also started to have a lot of gut health issues. I had a lot of difficulty, you know, this sounds gross, but digesting food, you know, all these things for years when I was in high school and then through college. And I started being interested in plant-based eating a little after I graduated college, part of as a way to heal my gut, um, just sort of get off that endless relationship with protein. I think all the diet books that were, you know, I was reading at the time were talking about you should have Greek yogurt for breakfast and a chicken salad for lunch and salmon for dinner. And that that's just terrible for, for your body. And so for me, 
going plant-based, incorporating more plants in my diet really did wonders for me. So I was, I'm eat mostly plant-based now, but I was completely vegan and gluten-free for three years. And I was starting to feel better, but not completely. And when I turned about 25, I'd sort of thought, okay, I've done all this stuff with my acne. I've done all these medications, you know, looking a certain way is still so important to me. I, I still had that mentality, but I started to get scarring, you know, painful cystic hormonal acne all over my cheeks and jaw. And I was so embarrassed about it, but it's actually pretty common. That experience kind of forced me to sit back and think, okay, do I want to go on the third round of Accutane as my doctor is telling me to do, or are there better things out there? So actually there's an amazing brand, um, Pratima Skincare, and their founder wrote a book on Ayurveda and skincare. And I remember reading it at the time and just thinking, wow, you know, this is the first time that I'm hearing anyone talk about how diets link to skin, how, how your skin is a reflection of internal imbalances. And that kind of started me on this whole journey that I'm happy to talk about more of exploring holistic medicine, specifically plant medicine, as a way to heal my acne and gut and later uh, create plant-based alternatives to things like collagen peptides. Wow. Well, thank you so much for (laughs) taking me down that journey. I feel like this journey to wellness was also this like very interesting introspective journey to understanding beauty standards within yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I also was on Accutane in high school and I always really oh. resonate with stories of Accutane. Um, and Jessica DeFino talks a lot about this in her work. She was also on Accutane, completely ruined her oil barrier. She talks a lot about the gut and gut health. Um, so I think you would really like her work. I really, really admire her. But my issue with Accutane, not to like, you know, make this about me, but it taught me to have a very different relationship with, with food because I was so nauseous the nine Mm -hmm. months or so that I was on it, that I couldn't keep food down. I wasn't eating properly. I was 16 years old and like 90 pounds. Like I look at photos of myself from that time and it was, it was terrifying. And to me, I think that every young woman has this internal struggle between beauty standards and weight and how does my skin look and all of this. And it taught me that like very negative experience of not being able to control my weight you know, in an unhealthy way. Yeah, It taught me that I have to be in tune with my body. I have to be thankful for the opportunity to eat. Like I'm treating myself well. And it really snapped me out of ever wanting to control my weight, which I think is the opposite that a lot of young women have at the time. And I'm really thankful for that experience. It's really unfortunate that it came through Accutane that like completely ruined also my same oil barrier and all of that, but it cleared my acne and I guess like it did what it had to do. Um, but I really resonate with that story because I think everyone who goes through any sort of really serious oral prescription for the sake of beauty standards has some sort of like lasting emotional side effect. And it seems like it really impacted you. Yeah. You know, what, what's interesting is that, uh, and first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think that you think about what's, what, what we think is beautiful, right? And when you hear the word beauty, especially, I think things have changed in a positive way so much, but you know, mid two thousands, what, when I was going through this stuff, it's very much about you fitting a certain size, 
having skin that looks a certain way, having hair that looks a certain way, and a little less of what's actually beautiful, which, you know, I've I've come to firmly believe the word beauty doesn't just mean kind of those external markers. It's you being happy, healthy, connected, and empowered in your own skin. And, you know, if you close your eyes and think of the most beautiful person, you know, it's probably not going to be the supermodel, you know, in your life. It's, it's that person who has that energy, who's vivacious, who comes in the room and just lights it up. And you know what I mean? And so, and so for me, I, that was that, that kind of journey and realizing that it's like, oh man, beauty isn't me having clear skin. You know, that's great, but I, maybe I'm having these acne issues because I'm not that healthy in certain ways. Maybe my gut health is really terrible. And it was, I started going to a naturopathic doctor and, you know, just kind of realized that being, being healthy and being beautiful is really about being in tune with your body and that that relationship and healing that relationship was much more important than healing my skin. And it was going to be great if that came as a result of that, but those were sort of two different things versus, you know, when I remember being on Accutane, they make you take blood tests every single month because it's so toxic that they, it can do pretty bad things to your body. And it's just insane. So why collagen? So you come to this point where you're mm-hmm. comfortable getting more comfortable with your gut health, with your skin, with your understanding of beauty. Why collagen? I was having a lot of it at the time. Um, so I was, I Copinico actually used to be the handle of my blog and it was I, this terrible name, but it was called Carolyn's Pantry before, but I was being sent a lot of collagen products and I'd just seen the pop all over. I was trying it. You know, I, I saw them talking about it, healing your gut, all these amazing benefits of collagen. I really wanted that, but it, it honestly just didn't make me feel very good. And then I always like having plant-based alternatives as much as possible. And I really wasn't thrilled by what the heck was in it. Collagen peptides, I I think, you know, people hear anything to do with wellness and they automatically assume it's vegan, but collagen products are not typically. So I make plant-based collagen alternatives. They're collagen boosts versus typical collagen is a synthesized protein that comes from animal bodies. So it's typically cow hides, fish skins, or eggshells. You know, a lot of those cows are sourced from Brazil, And those are the finished proteins from animals. The idea is you're ingesting it. It goes into your bloodstream and increases your overall collagen levels that way. The whole idea, and I I started researching this when I was kind of seeing how things like herbs and acids and roots were able to heal my gut and my skin when I was working with my naturopathic doctor, grapeseed extract, which was one of the original ingredients in Copinico, was one of the things that really helped heal my gut. I was kind of seeing, you know, wow, plants are so powerful. There's this collagen out there that's so popular, but it really doesn't make me feel good. And it's really not made of things that I like eating. And that inspired me to look at plant-based alternatives to this thing. Breakups can be hard, but sometimes they're necessary. And the best breakup that I've been a part of recently has been with my bank. Yes, I broke up with my big bank that was investing my money in fossil fuel projects in favor of a relationship with Aspiration, the environmentally conscious debit card. 
Aspiration makes sure that your money is never invested in fossil fuel projects and even invest your spare change into planting a tree. A really nice feel-good way to make sure your money is always on the same side of your moral compass. The other really nice perk about banking with Aspiration is that there are over 55,000 ATMs where you pay zero fees. Now that we're going out more and more, I am finding myself in situations where I need cash and I never usually carry cash. I just rely on my Aspiration debit card. But more often than expected, I find myself in a pinch, I need to run to an ATM, and I know that Aspiration has my back. I'm never paying any fees because I feel like there is nothing more of a damper than first realizing you need cash when you don't have cash and then being forced to pay an ATM fee. I mean, there's nothing that's more of a damper on a fun summer afternoon than that. And I know that Aspiration has my back, which I totally appreciate. Learn more about these perks and get up to $200 towards your new account when you sign up with my code aspiration.com slash eco. I will have that linked in the show notes again, aspiration.com slash eco, the environmentally friendly debit card. Now back to the show. Wow. Okay. So you start looking at plant-based alternatives. I have to imagine though, there was a pretty steep experiential innovation period that you went through because this is such a new idea to the market. I think collagen Mm -hmm. really got a lot of attention probably starting, you know, five, seven years ago. I feel like everyone was talking about collagen. Now they sell it in these big, like Costco sized jugs that you can get anywhere. And people really attach themselves to this idea that collagen is the savior additive to your, you know, beauty, wellness, food intersection. So being able to create a plant-based alternative, I have to imagine was hard. Talk to me about the testing phase and like how you came up with the blends and, Mm -hmm. and everything to do with actually creating the first of its kind. Yeah. So I guess I'll first explain what a vegan alternative to collagen is. So collagen is something our bodies make, right? You know, it's a, it's this essential protein. It's linked to stronger hair, stronger nails, more vibrant skin. It's kind of in those, that connective tissue and that fatty barrier under our skin, but there's no kind of vegan collagen. The, the term vegan collagen doesn't exist. So it's like vegan collagen boosting. So the whole idea is if you're using plant-based alternatives, you're using something, a collection of plants that have amino acids and vitamins that have been shown through research to help your body make more collagen on its own. So how did, so, so that's an idea, but then how do you get there? Um, I started reading a lot of books on different mushrooms out there. Um, a lot of, a lot of things on adaptogens, which, you know, not every superfood is an adaptogen. I think that term is kind of used very widely. Um, but I start, I just started doing a lot of research out there, seeing a lot of what is in other brands as well. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, when you get into kind of formulation of products, there are a lot of companies that will make something like, you know, 99% a filler ingredient, like pea protein powder or whatever it is. And maybe, you know, 1% or 0.2%, 30 ingredients to, to try to make it seem like it's a really, you know, bolstered up formula when it's maybe not. So I I knew that I didn't want to do that, that I wanted something super effective and just well done and had adequate dosages. So I was doing all this research, reading books, 
I was doing a lot of Googling, trying to find suppliers. There's something called Natural Products Expo West. It's the biggest natural foods trade show of the year, and they have an online portal. So I was actually contacting organic suppliers, um, you know, try, trying to beg them to send me samples. Um, but then there were just, there were just so many ingredients um, and so many things I wanted to do. I initially thought that my first product was going to be a vegan charcoal, you know, collagen latte out there. And then I brought it to a friend's wedding and had people try some and uh, based on, based on their reactions, quickly wrote off that flavor idea. That was not a winner. Um, <laughs> it's like, guys, it's going to be great. You had champagne last night. Uh, no, it was not, not good. Um, but I was experimenting with things like Shisranda berry, um, you know, horsetail versus bamboo leaf extracts, like all these things. Um, and what I was able to do, I, I have kind of a background in formulation too. So I was able to do like some base work and try to figure a lot of things out myself instead of just farming out a formula to some outside company, which is what a lot of people do. Um, and then I know that I am not an herbalist and I really respect herbalists and naturopathic doctors and the training that goes with it. So what I did was I said, Hey, I've done a lot of this work. Um, and I found, um, I found these professionals through my network of friends, um, but also through my doctor as well, um, found registered, um, professionals to help me look at, okay, you know, who are the best, what are the best ingredients out of these whole, this whole array that I'm thinking of for this benefit? What are the best ingredients? What should the dosages be? You know, what's an appropriate dose of amla berry powder uh, if we're trying to benefit hair health? You know, these kinds of kinds of things were really helpful. And then, you know, I would go back, kind of mess with the overall formula too, because it was always really important to me to make something taste really good. Um, and I did have a few years of experience just sort of making my own recipes. I actually got my start and got the money to do my startup by doing paid Instagram partnerships. So I would do a lot of uh, recipes of smoothies and lattes and all the things uh, on my Instagram and kind of just put that money away. And so I'd always had a passion for creating recipes and would shove a lot of superfoods in my husband's face at nights and on weekends. And uh, messing around with the formulas took about six months of just trial and error. I must've done like a hundred iterations it was a lot, but finally settled on just three simple blends at first, an original, a matcha, and a cacao calm vegan collagen boost. Okay. First of all, incredible. I have to say, <laughs> I have, I like, I have just so much admiration for clearly the time and energy it took to even conceptualize this, like even getting to your first, you know, quote unquote, failed flavor that took you so long to come up with. And that took you so long to formulate and share and have a product that you could have people test. And then to take that experience and pivot and say, all right, I've got a background in formulation. I'm going to reach out to an herbalist. Like I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to get the dosages right. And I think also the idea of making something taste good, it sounds like it should be a given, but unfortunately it's not. There's a lot of wellness foods that honestly don't taste good. And mm -hmm. there's nothing that makes me want to eat it if it doesn't taste good. So I think all of these aspects of your business, like you clearly thought out so thoroughly. How, how long has this taken you? I have to ask, how long have you been working on this? Um, well, I'd wanted to start a business for a few years. So I actually, in my early twenties, um, tried to start a vegan chocolate treat company, like a chocolate covered vegan cookie. 
And that, that experience it failed because it just was not feasible. And, you know, <laughs> it was just not going to work. It was very difficult. I wanted, you know, those millionaire cookies, I wanted to do ones of those yes. that were chocolate covered. And I wanted to make like a date caramel and lo and behold, all of these things that are relatively difficult to do in your kitchen are also difficult to do when you are making a product at scale. Um, that experience, I, I'd always had this hunger to put something out there, start a product, start a plant-based product. And I'd, I'd definitely been thinking about this for a long time. And what kind of, so it, it took me, this is kind of a funny story, but um, I actually thought of Copinico on my honeymoon, which shows you how my brain does not stop. But my, my husband is in the Navy. So we got married May, 2019, and he was going to be deploying in January. And at the time we thought that he was going to be gone for basically a year and a half out of the next two years, really long time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have all this free time, you know, no time like the present. I might as well try to start something. So I thought of that, you know, mid-May, and then I gave myself kind of a deadline of I'm going to launch this thing, hell or high water in January of the next year. So it was about six, seven months. I ended up launching in February but it was, you know, the formulation, doing packaging design, all this stuff, and definitely did not feel ready to launch, but it's just sort of pressed go. Um, so launched on February 9th, 2020. And then of course there was a global pandemic three weeks later. <laughs> well, congratulations. First of oh, all, that you. is a really impressive timeline. I feel like you turned it around quickly, but it also really goes to show the amount of life experience, I want to call it. You already had this background in formulation and plant-based eating. You are comfortable with did. these homeopathic alternatives. Like you knew what you were doing. It wasn't like you woke up one morning and you know, you wanted to start a car company, you know, like something completely out of, out of the ordinary. I think that there's something to be said for just, just trying stuff out early. Like I would say, if you vaguely want to start a business, I don't care how young you are, do it. My parents had a small business when I was growing up. They had a small spice company and I used to help them as a kid doing, uh, you know, helping, helping doing, you know, inventory, accounting, sales, all this stuff. And that was kind of a fun family thing because we didn't go on a lot of vacations. We were helping in the business. And then when I was in college, I, so these are kind of things that helped me on my journey. When I was in college, I did an internship after my freshman year. And I did go to business school. So I went to Wharton, um, which is the business school at University of Pennsylvania. And I hated the business school. So I ended up with a history degree. That's a whole other story, but, um, <laughs> but I did do it. But um, I, I did, th this was actually a great experience. So I did a summer internship at the local small business development center. So that the small business administration has these kind of satellite offices at local colleges. So one was at Penn and we would help businesses in the Philly area uh, and businesses with graduates write business plans. Um, it was not getting them funding, but it was kind of helping them prepare for their bank interview or their funding round kind of thing. And it was really interesting. So we were helping, you know, everyone from a doggy nail salon in West Philadelphia uh, to someone who is creating a company that was do actually doing anti-mining equipment for the military, um, wild stuff, prepare, you know, prepare their business plans. And that was just a super cool experience. But, you know, I've had friends, one of my friends start started a 
franchise sandwich company in Michigan when he was 16 years old. I mean, there's all this stuff out there. So I really kind of strongly feel that experience is the, is the best teacher. I think that there's this notion that if you don't graduate from, you know, I, I know I, I got it into a good school and I'm, I'm aware of that, but I think there's a notion out there that if you don't graduate from Harvard or come from a big startup or something like that, that you have no business starting a company. And that's just not true. If you want to start a company, take the next first step. So I, I really found that experience was my best teacher over a lifetime. Oh, well, I obviously agree. First of all, congratulations on everything. And I love the internship experience. I think especially when you're young, those internships do form you so, so much in how you imagine your career. And even if it's something that you don't want to do and you say, I, you know, I don't want to ever help small businesses again, it was still a worthy experience because you had it and you figured out what you did or you didn't like. So I love that so much, but I also have to say, it's interesting that you talk about this pivoting and saying like, there's no moment like the president and going for it because you also in a very short period of time have managed to distribute your product pretty impressively. You are in some major retailers and I want to know what that pitch is like. Do you just send an email? Do you just, you know, knock on Erwan's door and you say, I need you to stock me on yourselves. Like, how does that happen so quickly? How did you do it? Well, I will tell you that, but I first of all, just want to say that I, I commend you so much for even starting a podcast. You know, I think that there are so many ways to start a business and Hey, putting yourself out there, getting guests, creating it. You have the most beautiful graphics. Like you can start a business and put yourself out there in so many different ways. And I think that you creating this podcast is such an awesome example of that. Um, oh my goodness. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much. I didn't know what I was doing three years ago. I have to say, and I always tell people you have to start, you have to just practice and my first probably like 40 or 50 episodes were practice. Like I didn't take them seriously. I just reached out to people I knew, but you have to do it and you have to get into it and, mm-hmm. and just start. Totally agree. Because if you expect yourself to be perfect all the time, you're just going to freeze up. You're going to be so terrified of making a mistake that you won't even take a first step. A hundred percent. I agree. I could not agree more. And I have, I think over time, really let go of a lot of that fear of failure. And now I'm just like, I don't care. Like I'm going to be myself. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to make it happen for myself. Like who, like what's going to happen? Who cares? So you'd ask me about pitching the products. Um, and I will, how does I will answer you? So having that attitude of, uh, of I'm just going to go for it is definitely (laughs) you, you have to have that and putting yourself out there. So I love talking to people. I've always loved sales. Um, I really pitched my Girl Scout cookies in my neighborhood very hard. I would target my neighbors, like all these things, all these things. I've always loved kind of talking to people and selling a product. But, and I think that I I talked to my younger sister about this too. So obviously I'm talking to you about launching a product that I made, right? But you know, whether you're interviewing for a job, you're trying to switch careers, you're doing anything, I think a great takeaway in life is that no one is going to talk about you or root for you or really, you know, market you like you will. And it's really important to be able to, you know, especially as women, uh, sit here and say, hey, these are the things that I'm about. This is what I can do for you. And, you know, let's get going because people really respond to that energy. So for me, it was really, it was really interesting when I started Copinico. I'd had this whole plan. So my plan was I'm going to sell 
online, um, which can be very, very, you know, difficult financially to scale online. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen all the Facebook ads and everything out there. If you're just selling on your own website, trying to get new customers, um, believe me, when I launched my website and I turned it on, I thought that the gates of heaven would open and just everyone would come in and discover me. Not quite true. So, uh, that did not really happen. So I had to get the word out somewhat, somewhat, you know, somehow else, but, um, it can be very financially difficult to just scale a company direct to consumer, um, especially in the last 10 years. So it's really important to triangulate your business. And for me, I thought, okay, I'm going to build this wholesale network. I'm going to, I'd seen what RX bar did when they were creating their company. And I thought I'm going to sell direct to all of these small shops, small grocers, you know, spas, gyms, everything in LA, San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. And that's it. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And then, so I was pitching these small businesses. It was going well, but then, you know, this pandemic hit and all these small businesses shut down and it's, it's actually been really interesting to see and, and, you know, pretty disheartening too. a lot of businesses that I was initially reaching out to are no longer in business. Um, and then businesses that were shut down for a long time and have reopened, people are starting to take on more inventory now, but there was also a big thing of, you know, these companies just not wanting to take on additional inventory. So what to do about that? I, I'd launched, um, I was only in a few retailers. I had gotten into bubble goods, um, purely by being on the East coast for a random thing, DMing them on Instagram on my train from DC to New York and being like, hi, I'm going to be in New York city in a half hour. Can I come to your offices and demo? And they said, sure be here in an hour. So I went straight from the train station. I got uh, (laughs) an electric whisk from Bed Bath & Beyond in Chelsea. And then I went to their offices and that's how I got into my first retailer, which is Bubble. Um, And I love Bubble Uh, Goods. uh, No, I'm dead serious. No, dead serious. And my packaging wasn't perfect. I had stickered packaging. It was my soft launch. You know, I was just testing things out and they took it and they're, and cause they recognized, you know, I was able to show them the quality of the ingredients, the potential of, you know, having a plant-based alternative to collagen out there. And so I knew though, that if I got like, you know, I think sometimes you think, oh, well I have to, you know, I have to be in a hundred retailers right off the bat or else my business is nothing. And that's just not true. The key is with anything, you, you got to go to step one, put all your energy into doing really well at step one, and then you go to step two. And with retail, you know, with anything else, you have to build a story. So it's kind of like getting your first internship, right? You know, you do well at a first job, you're going to get some recommendations, people will see you. If you have a product, you know, it kind of builds from there. So being able to be in bubble right away helped give me some credibility uh, in the marketplace. And, you know, it was, it was from about February until July that I got into my next retailer because no one was taking on inventory. So I got into Air One and I got into Air One by calling them endlessly until someone finally gave me the name of the buyer. <laughs> and, and then I finally got in, I got into Urban Outfitters by trying to find the names of the buyers on LinkedIn and then guessing their emails by trying to guess the email format over and over again until I finally didn't get uh, an automatic no reply. And then when they didn't reply, uh, I found their person, don't do this, this can backfire. Luckily it worked for me, but I found their personal Instagrams and I DM'd them and I was like, 
hey, I'm so sorry I'm reaching out to you here, but you should have these products. And this is why. And I'm so passionate. I, th- I think it, it sounded crazy, but there's, uh, and it definitely was like, they could have very easily been very annoyed with me. But I think that the act of showing, hey, I'm so passionate that I was willing to reach out to you and, you know, coming at this with clear eyes and an open heart and uh, people were receptive to that. So that's how I got in some of my first retailers. I'm obsessed with you. I have to say this hustle, (laughs) this dedication, you are everything that I've ever wanted to be in in this passion that you have. No, I'm serious. I think it's very, very easy when you have a product or a service, or like in this case, like if I have a podcast, there's something about getting turned down. That's really disheartening. And I have to say every once in a while, I'm like, am I good enough to do this? Like, am I the person that Mm -hmm. should be hosting this show? Am I the person who should be, you know, reaching out to these advertisers and just one opening of the door gives you that, that confidence to go, all right, like, let's do this all over again. Let me, you know, frankly, harass people via email. Like, let's go. I do that same thing where I try to guess the email format and that's how I've gotten yeah. some of my favorite advertisers. And it's just about like hustling and figuring it out as you go. And you're not going to have all the answers right away. You're not. And no one's going to walk up to you and tell you you're special and amazing and is going to hand you what you want in your lap. It would be so fun if that happened. And I'm sure it occasionally does, but yeah, I mean, I've been turned on so many times. I've been told no so many times, but to me, no means not yet. So I think that you can have, you can have different attitudes towards no, you know, maybe it's not the right time. Um, I was told no by retail partners I now work with that it wasn't a fit when I first launched and maybe it wasn't a fit at that time. Maybe I didn't have enough, you know, brand equity, you know, and what I mean by that is being known in the industry, or maybe didn't I didn't have the right flavors. I just launched a vanilla flavor. You know, maybe it wasn't the right flavor for for the retailer at the time. And I think that um, you know, I've reached out to I've <laughs> I was joking with my younger sister about this. Um, I've reached out to a few bigger people about doing flavor collaborations recently, and she follows them on social media. And she's like, "Well, have, has this person gotten back to you?" And I said, "You know, she has not said no." So has she replied? No, but I haven't gotten a no. So it's still in play. (laughs) I love that. I do that too. When I want to reach out to someone on Instagram, if I don't send them a DM, my favorite thing is to find maybe like a PR agency that they work with or like I'll investigate. I will like be the FBI on that Instagram page and I will figure out how to get in touch with them. And I think some of the best advice that I've ever received is that no one owes you anything. And it is such a sombering thing to come to terms with. But I think about it even in the sense of, again, this show, like no one owes me a download every single week. I have to show up for people and I have to like keep being there. And similarly with, you know, with brands that you work with, with uh, retailers, you don't have the privilege of saying like, you, you deserve this or like you, you're lucky to have me pitching to you. Like you're always having to prove yourself over and over again. And just because you do it once doesn't mean that like you're in the door forever. Oh my gosh. Now, girl, you saying this is just, I, I, I so agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's funny. I want, I found myself, I found myself being frustrated sometimes, or sometimes I get into a trap of complaining, which is so toxic because that just changes your whole outlook. And it's so funny because when I take a step back 
And I think about things, I'm like, why do I feel entitled to this? Why do I feel entitled to this result, to this person's time, to this person's energy? And it's very humbling. This whole experience is very, very humbling. And I think it's taught me so much more respect for other people too. I agree. I agree that entitlement, once you get over it, you really become a better version of yourself. Like entitlement is an issue in in any sense of society, but when you are trying to make something happen for yourself, that's a whole different ball game of like, you need Mm -hmm. to let go of all of that ego and show up for people and Mm -hmm. impress them and like continue to impress them over and over and over. And with that, I really want to ask you final question. What's next? How are you going to keep impressing people? Well, first of all, that's kind of you to say, um, I, well, I think that one thing that's always really important to me is, you know, beyond any product launch or anything like that is just showing up and continuing to have honest conversations about beauty standards, continuing to innovate, continuing to put out safe, effective, and fantastic products and continuing to grow too. I try to be really honest about to my own entrepreneurial journey, about very late nights, about struggles that might happen. Entrepreneurship scenes are glamorous. So I'm going to continue doing that. I'm going to continue showing up um, and doing my best every day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Eco Chic with Carolyn Yashannon of Copina Co., Like I mentioned earlier, Carolyn has been so, so sweet in sharing a code with us. EcoChic will get you 15% off at copinaco.com. So log in, check it out. Like I said, my personal favorite is the vanilla flavor, but there's a lot to pick from. Really encourage you learning a little bit more about plant-based collagen options if you are so inclined. And I will also have linked below our episodes with Jessica DeFino to learn more about oil barriers and to learn a little bit more about her work if you're interested in continuing the acne and beauty standard conversation of the top of the episode. And if you'd like to know more about collagen and the science of skincare, I will link Dr. Mamina's episode down below as well. Lots of good content to keep you busy and entertained on your uh, weekend drives if you are doing that or just keeping you busy at home. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It is such a pleasure, such a joy. It is always good to see you here and I will see you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.